Welcome to Scarlet Tavern. Grab a drink, take a seat, and let's begin. Tonight we're going to do something a bit different. Normally, we have a topic to discuss such as serial killers, arsonists, or history. But tonight we've decided to try a new format and just talk. So, without further ado, this is Scarlet Tavern. So, like I said, we were thinking about it today uh, at the time of the recording, and my thought was, well, why don't we try and do, like, a discussion podcast? Uh, We'll talk about different things, D&D, nerdy stuff, our business, things like that. Kind of give people a little bit more of a view on what we do and some of our thoughts. Um, And if people like it, then we'll continue this format every once in a while um, and do do some different stuff, bring some other people in um, and interview them. They interview us, that kind of thing. So... Yeah, um, tonight's going to be a pretty open discussion, just talking about various things, and we'll keep going until we run out of something to talk about. Oh, trust me, I'll never run out of things to talk about. Yes, unfortunately. Hey. Um, All right, well, so... I basically fed a bunch of information into the wonderful world of ChatGPT um, and had it generate some questions for us to discuss, things like that. So any question that I put in here is, or we talk about, is uh, from ChatGPT. Um of course, we still have our own originality when we can, oh, and course. we'll think of our own questions. Although, let's let's face it, ChatGPT will soon be our new overlord. Also yes. ChatGPT. Yes. Um, that's why I pay it now. Um, all gotta, right. Got to get in. Got to get in early on the ground of the, our new robot overlords. Yeah. So, one of the questions it put in there is. Can you tell us more about your D&D business, including what services you provide, unique aspects that set it apart? So, for those that don't know, um, we have a lot of listeners that came with us just for starting Scarlet Tavern. Um, but Scarlet Tavern exists because of D&D. Um, our, our business as a whole is called Damn Media, D-A-M-E-D-I-A. Uh, Dan Media LLC, and basically that encompasses a wide variety of businesses. We'll get into a few later on, um, but basically we have our D&D side, which is called Dungeons and Magi, and what we do is we live stream D&D. Um, we have created our own system from scratch. Uh, and that's what we use. Uh, we were using 
Wizards of the Coast 5th edition. Um, and due to the, some of their hiccups, we decided to start making our own last year. Um, and that kind of folded into bringing it fully around. Uh, we are actually getting ready to release a book for it. Um, mm. And yeah, so that's what we do. Uh, every Sunday at 6 p.m. we go live on Twitch and we live stream D&D. Um, as we'll get into a little bit later, there are other aspects that are being rolled out from that. But primarily, that's what it is. Our new campaign will be on, uh, will come in January. We are in between campaigns right now, and we are all very excited for campaign two. I can't wait for it too. It's gonna be fun. It's um, I'm eager to surely see our whole system that we've created out in practice. We kind of got a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I can't wait for all the, I can't wait for it. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, do we want that? We haven't yet told the, the premise of it yet, so I don't want to go for campaign two. Yeah. I, yeah, that, that announcement actually will be coming out here within the next few weeks. Uh, then I'll keep my, uh, my, my, my clamp shut about would you like to tell the listeners what sets our D&D business apart from Critical Role and Dimension 20 and Dungeons and Daddies? What makes us different? I still love Dungeons and Daddies. I do too. Name. It's so awesome. Um, but what sets us apart, well, I think two things set us apart, really. First of all, unlike a lot of the other amateur um D and D streams out there. I think we put a big emphasis on our role playing. You know, this isn't, uh, and that's not to say other people don't take it seriously. I'm not going to say that, but it's. Um, I think we really, we really emphasize. We're not really afraid to um, get into that um, deep, deep places in our emotions, just so that we can give a command performance. It's you know. Um, I, last episode was perfectly, you know, yeah. um, evidence of that. By the way, I'll be sending you my therapist bill. Um, <laughs> it's not done yet. <laughs> One oh. more Sunday. <laughs> um, but also, I think we're also unique that over half of us, majority of us, are also member, former members of the armed forces, and and. As far as I know, I know that there are other veterans who play D&D, but I don't believe there's any other veteran-run grouping like us. From what I know about at least the big groups, um, Critical Role, Dimension 20, Dungeons & Daddies, uh, not another D&D podcast, uh, which is NADPOD for... Um, the as far as I know, there may be some hidden veterans in there. I know Critical Role doesn't have any. Dimension Twenty doesn't have any. Um, there may be some hidden veterans in there. However, I, as a solely run veteran business, veteran owned business, as far as I know, there is no other veteran owns primarily veteran forward D and D podcast out there. No, no, I don't think so. I, so, so I we kind of corner the market on that. 
Exactly. One, well, we're with the spit bottles are what is it what are those weird pants that the the vet bros wear those uh tactical pants i always keep going on and on about. oh yeah um i've never bought one of those i've never god the prices of those are so outrageous so um here's how we'll do it we'll kind of go back and forth so even though i read myself the first question because um, you have the questions as well. Um, we'll kind of go back and forth. So the second question, I'll read you. You read me the third, so on and so forth. Um, mm. And then we'll kind of tune in with our own stuff. So uh, I will read this one to you, and you can answer it. Um, how did we decide to turn our passion for D&D into a business venture? We'll start with the first part. Okay. How did we decide that? Well, it was kind of you who decided it. I just was like, okay, kid. Okay. You know, I just, I, 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 I'll be honest. I didn't think anything was going to come of it just because ventures like these are just so hard to get off the ground. Because um, there's always somebody who's just never fully on board with it. Nobody wants to, you know, it's just, there's a lot of things that are like any other, vi any other venture. There's just so much that's, aligned against it but we we just did it and you i remember he's like hey i sent out messages for sponsors i was like okay that's that's nice and i in my head i'm thinking well, let's see who's gonna sponsor us and you're like i got these sponsors i was like wait what we have sponsors oh shit i gotta think this seriously now yeah um so basically it started with uh myself Ben and Pam have known each other for what four years now, five years, uh, four years. Yeah, that sounds about right. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um, yeah, twenty nineteen. Because uh, it was right before COVID, and right before I left law enforcement. Um, so we've known each other for about four years now, and we met. Uh, ben and Pam are married, um, but I met Ben playing Star Wars The Old Republic. We were in a guild together. I recruited him, stuff like that, whole role-playing guild. We got Pam involved, and then we created our own guild. We brought in Chris uh, and Kara, who are married. Um, they came in. Then we brought in Elliot, and then the last one to join us was Ethan. Um, and we we actually started with Star Wars D&D. It was a preset <laughs> module, and it was oh garbage. It was... Um, <sighs> Ethan wasn't involved yet. We had two other... Three other players that were playing with us... Yeah. Um, and it was just horrible. And we played one session. We were like, uh, we, we, nobody was really feeling this. So I sent a message was... out to everybody and I was like, do we want to do actual D and D and I will create the world. And no, there was out of the people that were playing, there was myself and, two other people that had ever really fully played D&D. &D. 
and everybody's like, we've never done it, but sure. So I was like, I can teach you, blah, blah, blah. And so I spent the next two weeks writing every single day. Um, and I homebrewed a world and created this entire thing. We made characters and we played. We had, we unfortunately had to remove some players. We then added Ethan um, in and Ethan is behind me, the most experienced D&D player. Um, and which was a great asset because Ethan has helped us write a lot of stuff. Um, and yeah, so we just started playing that and everyone's like, oh, this is really cool. We love it. Let's keep doing it. And I think at the time we were playing on Saturday nights. Um, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, we were playing was Saturdays, I think. Cause no, we had, yeah, we had all the guild stuff. Um, yes. And then I went to everybody and I was like, guys, why don't, why don't we live stream this? Somebody will watch it eventually. And everybody was just kind of, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's, you got a bunch of, you know, socially awkward people yeah. that you want to put us on camera. Okay. And so I was like, okay, let me start making stuff. So I started making the Twitch and all of that. And here we are. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We're going on streaming wise. We're going on two years. Cause we started yeah. in November of 2021 streaming, but we started playing the beginning of 2021 um but next month we'll be officially on the air for two years um so what have been the key challenges and rewards of this endeavor oh key challenges i would say just uh Honestly, really, if anything's really plagued us, it's been technical issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, most of these streaming platforms are fairly accommodating. It's just our equipment is lacking. Well, and other streams have the advantage of all being in person for yeah. the most part. Where we are doing everything digital. I only know of one, one pot, one others. I don't even think it's a stream. It's a podcast. It's uh. We can name them. Uh, it's the, ain't nobody slayed. Now I know they record. They they've recorded them, so I've seen like videos of them recording, and they all appear to be remote like us. Like they all, I see like cameras and stuff. But yeah. um, I've only ever heard them on podcasts, though. I've never seen them on Twitch. Again, I've never really searched them on Twitch. Yeah. But I, I've only ever heard them on podcasts. So that's their thing where they don't have to necessarily worry about, oh, my God, you know, the cameras and everything. For them, it's just second. That's just almost seems like it would be second. Yeah. And i i agree that one of our biggest things has been technology we have been trying to figure out how to 
get everything working, give people the best quality possible, but still maintaining our our distance between everybody. It's going to be a little bit easier here in the next few weeks because Ben and Pam are moving to Kentucky. Um, so it'll be half of us will be in person. The other half won't. Um, I think, I also think the biggest challenge is for me, at least doing this and being the CEO and all of that is self-esteem saying we're, especially compared to critical role dimension 20 we're nobodies those oh, yeah. even before even before they had their D podcast they were all famous they mm-hmm. are all actors even dimension 20 they're they were they all had college humor before they did dimension 20 so the only ones that weren't famous before are like dungeons and daddies um they're just a bunch of dudes um but I think it's striving to be one of the main names of D&D and of D&D shows and a household name. It's believing in ourselves enough to keep pushing forward. And oh, yeah. you can ask Ben, I've had plenty of times where i said i this isn't going anywhere oh yeah no it's and we just had to kind of push you along and just like no 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 don't 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 give in to that don't give in to um um into despair and i think that's really what what kills companies and people like and entrepreneurs like this is that they just like no this isn't going anywhere we're never going to be you know any of those podcasts that you you just mentioned and that's and and frankly that's okay if you're if you're not like that just because i mean it's not for everybody it's it's not for everybody and on top of that it's okay i mean plenty there's plenty of other there's always other places that have um have their own little place in it and then they they're just happy honestly as long as we're having fun doing this and it's still something that we all want to get together and do. I, I will consider it. Um, I will always consider it a, uh, a success. Yeah. And as for rewards, a lot of great things have come from this. Not only uh, have all of our friendships become closer, um, like three, four years ago, Ben and I just met in passing, happened to have been uh both in the air force both in security forces all of that and now we both consider each other best friends four years later um and i i think i speak for everybody in the business where we consider each other family um Mm -hmm. and that's it's something that is special and definitely rewarding um, uh, for the other stuff. If I wouldn't have gotten into this, um, I would not have been going to Origins and Gen Con. Like I, I've been going to these big conventions and being able to talk to sponsors. And Gen Con, I got to meet one of our sponsors face to face. Yeah, 
for the first time. Um, and it it's really cool. And then the sponsor thing. I mean, it's it's awesome. I mean, we have we have amazing sponsors. Um, we have been sponsored from little creators on Etsy to big names. Uh, we we have a ton of Etsy creator friends that have given us stuff. Um, we currently have a partnership long time probably for the rest of our existence as long as he stays in business with dungeon crate uh dungeon crate is an amazing subscription box um and you get really cool things out of their oh, yeah. stuff really useful things out of their stuff um and we're just so thankful to work with wayne and wayne supports us a hundred percent in everything we do. Um, and then again, we've had big names, which we're about to reach back out to this sponsor to re-sponsor us at some point in the future. And that's Wormwood. Uh, Wormwood is probably the biggest one of, if not the biggest table woodworker, in the D and D business. And yeah. they were actually one of the first people to ever send us stuff. Yeah. And that was the one that really shocked Ben. I almost choked. <laughs> um, like, so like I was, I was drinking some coffee. He told me wormwood. I was like, Oh Jesus. Yeah. So I, I, that's definitely rewarding as well. And then, simple fact of I've been at conventions and people that I've I'm DMing for these people and they say I I tell them our show and they're like oh yeah I think I follow you already I've watched your show I've seen you guys on TikTok I've seen you guys on Twitch and my jaw just drops because I mean we're still small time yeah. like we're not yeah. again we're not Critical Role we're not Dimension 20 and do we want to be? I would love for us to be at that level. I would love it. Oh, that would be um, that would be great. That for me personally. Now, I I think we are successful as a business now. Um, but for my personal goal, my personal goal is not to be rich and all of that. Would if, if we had money? Yeah, that would be great. I would solve a lot of problems. But I. And I don't necessarily even care about the fame side of it. My, and I'm sure we'll talk about this further in this discussion, is D&D created a safe space for me, dealing with PTSD and depression, as well as it did for many of our other players. Um, and my goal is to be a big enough name to provide that safe space by watching us for all those other people that are dealing with stuff. Um, we are huge advocates of mental health. We are, we are advocates for the LGBTQ plus community. We fully support all of these things and, we we want to create a safe space and i think by having a platform as big as critical role in dimension 20 we can 
provide that for a lot of people like Critical Role has. Um, and I've talked about it many times that Critical Role has created that safe space for me and brought me into D&D. So mm-hmm. um, I, I definitely, that that is going to be a huge reward. Um, all right, yeah, ben. it's, it, it's uh, it, it, it is been very rewarding. I found my creativity has uh, gone, has expanded much much more than it originally did. I mean, like you said, I would love to be, you know, I, I don't know about famous. God, I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to be famous. I like my privacy. Everybody be known. Um, but I definitely wouldn't mind the financial, the financial rewards beast. But you know what? Honestly, if I can help tell a great story that everyone can get involved into and get into, I, I will I will consider it mission accomplished and and that and, and I will be satisfied. I mean yeah. I I really can't think of anything from an artist or a storyteller's point of view that what is what what more could I ask for? Yeah. Next question. Yes. Oh, oh, that one. Okay. Um. So. Actually, you have I to do both. Know. You have to do both of these because I created it. <sighs> I am con- I am constrained to. I'm too constrained. I'm joking. I don't care. Uh, so what? What made you? I'm always curious about this. ChatGPT is reading my mind again. Thank you. Thank you, AI overlords. Um. What what what? How'd you get the inspiration, and how'd you do this 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 role, creative role system? Because I always thought we'd just be we just do either five e, and then when uh, Wizards of the Coast um, decided to play FF games, um, they um, we just go to Pathfinder and you know throw us and 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 go over to, to team paizo but you decide no we'll create our own thing so what 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 kind of what kind of brought all that on so again like ben mentioned for those not in the D world um wizards of the coast is the number one seller of dungeons and dragons things they're the ones that created dungeons and dragons um with gary gygax and back in the 70s um if you've seen the new D movie that's wizards of the coast as well stuff like that so love that movie great movie um so they have a thing called an ogl which is called which is an open gaming license this open gaming license allows creators such as ourselves and again critical role dimension 20 dungeons and daddies nadpod all of them to create their own versions of whatever using their previously created things. So I would take inspiration from D&D 5e, 5th edition, and create a monster from that and use that monster in our live stream. Well, that OGL allowed that to happen. What happened was... 
they, for those that don't know, Wizards of the Coast was bought by Hasbro a few years ago. Um, Hasbro, being a money-hungry corporation, decided that they wanted as much money as possible, so they refined the OGL and basically stated that if you make over X amount of dollars um, uh, from D&D content, you owe us X amount of dollars. You owe us more, it was more than 50%. Um, so people like the likes of Critical Role on them. Now, again, all of this is my own personal beliefs because I don't know what contracts they had and things like that. Um, because Critical Role did have a contract with them and I think it ends pretty soon, but, um, people like that would have to pay millions of dollars a month to to Hasbro until Wizards of the Coast. Um, So that was our main reason for leaving 5e. Uh, We left it. We had a trial period uh, when we were on a break for like two weeks, I think. Um, And we had a trial period with uh, using Pathfinder and Pathfinder being completely different it was there was a lot to it there was a going to be a lot to learn um and it would have been different if we weren't live streaming but by live streaming i didn't want as many hiccups and things like that um so pathfinder's great paizo did an amazing job with pathfinder it's been around for a while uh no hate on paizo or pathfinder cuz they created an amazing system but their system was also complicated yeah, especially compared to 5e we- we were never going to have the enough time to um, to kind of fully get over to Pathfinder. I yeah. would have loved to have done it personally because I could have been a dragon, like a legit dragon. Yeah. Um, but with that in mind, I went to Ethan, and Ethan, we mentioned before, he is our creative director. Um, I went to Ethan and I said, hey, dude, why don't we just write our own system? It won't. It shouldn't take us long. Um, we can still do five E and all of that until our system's done. Because again, we're not making the money that stipulates that we have to pay Wizards of the Coast yet. Um, but I wanted to have something away from that, so that when we do get to that point, we don't owe them anything. Um, and Ethan said, "You know what? Let's go for it." And so that's what we did. Ethan and I sat down. Um, I will fully admit Ethan did a lot of the base work for the system. Um, He created a lot of the role system and then came to me and said, hey, what do you think? And then being the DM, I said, "Uh, this works, this doesn't work. How about we do this? And we kind of changed stuff up and then the creative side of everything when when we we are going to be announcing our book here within the next month for kickstarter um and that is our our system our system called magi mysterium um and the creative side creating the races and the classes and things like that to work along with the system i created all of those took him to Ethan and said, hey, what do you think about these? He liked them. They worked with the system, and that's what we did. So 
really the the whole mind was to have our own thing we to be honest at the beginning of it we never planned on publishing a book and putting our system out there so people can buy our system we just planned on creating a system that we could use to play and then we decided well the system's super easy to use it is what's called polytheistic meaning that it can be used on any setting, any type of game, um, which we are showcasing right now. If you watch our Chronicles of the Damned, we've gone through different eras and areas of stories that it's showing the the broadness of our system. And we, we said, you know what? Let's put it in a book and we'll kickstart it. Uh, if it gets kickstarted, great. If it doesn't, oh, well, we still have our own system. Yeah. And that's where we're at right now. So hopefully next month we will be, we should be getting a copy of the proof copy of the book here soon. And then uh, I'm hoping by next month we will be announcing the Kickstarter. Yeah, God, God, God willing we would be. We Well, we will be. Um, now, um... What process? I had you like. I, I've often asked you what your process is. I think I know of how to create it, and how would you tell anybody else to create? It? I'm sure there's there's many many people out there who would love to cre- who would love to create another system that would that could you know help people you know play play these wonderful games. Yeah, I mean, you really you really have to look at strengths and weaknesses. Um, again, we were creating this for ourselves. So, for ourselves, yes, we deal with some combat. And everybody loves a little bit of combat. But our group primarily are role players. Um, and so, with creating the system, we made it to where combat is streamlined. There's not as much to deal with with um having to deal with health and armor class and this and that we i think we really simplified everything um and we made combat super simple we made the role system guess what you don't have to be good at math to do our role system you just have to know what half of the highest number is it's super easy um so and it may sound confusing now, but if you get the book, pick up the book, it'll be available in PDF and everything during the Kickstarter. Um, PDF and physical copies. It'll make sense. Um, but really just look at what is going to... Don't worry about when writing a system. Don't worry about selling it to a bunch of people. That's not what Gary Gygax was trying to do when he created D&D. He was... Uh, for those that don't know the... Um, and I don't know if you know this, Ben, but his wife thought he was having an affair. So he would le- he would leave every night and, and leave out of the house. So she thought he was having an affair, so she followed him one night, followed him to a friend's house, and he was in a friend's house playing D&D in the basement. And that's where he created it. She jumps down. I could bet you any money. (laughs) 
Aha! I caught you, and he thinks it's role play. I didn't steal the. I didn't steal yeah. the bag of gold. Um, but yeah, she thought he was having an affair. Turns out he was just creating D and D. Um, so, but he did it as a he created it as a thing to play with his friends, and now, of course, it's it's huge. So that's what my suggestion is, and that's what we did at first. We decided to do something that fits us. And then when Ethan and I said, hey, let's go ahead and publish this, then we started to make tweaks of, okay, what's going to make the most sense to everybody else? And then that's kind of where we figured out, all right, well, people like combat still, so we figured out the combat side. Well, this is for the RP side and this and that. So really, it's just figure out what works for you and don't copy other people, please. No, Please. God, I hate that. You know, it's funny you mentioned Gary Gygax because I was, um, I think one of the topics we'll cover, I, I know you said you wanted to cover it for a while, but it was part of the satanic panic. In the 80s, um, yeah. Um, what I think probably Gary Gygax, I, I always loved, is that he always never shied away from talking about D&D. Yeah. And he... Oh, was always able to turn these situations where um so like these days when everybody gets a little controversy behind some product or whatever they're doing they always tend to just run for the hills and hide yeah because cancel whatever cancel stupid, culture stupid cancel culture uh, it's a freaking cancer if you just ask me but um no, but um, Gary Gygax actually he took an opportunity where he should people would have been like, oh, you know, don't don't get out of there, just stay away from this, and promoted D and D and actually explained it to everybody, and actually was able to get everybody away, you know, to stop like, oh no no, we're not Satanists, we're just a bunch of creative people who create fantasy worlds in our heads and do everything and i i would i probably when we do cover we'll probably look up and uh find interviews that he probably gave with people about it yeah. but i mean like that's just to me that's a person for any D creator to aspire to be like in terms of how you do it go do what he did you know, most people would probably run away. That man stood out there in front of everybody and never backed down. And that's why we got we still have D and D today. Yeah, um, and there's plenty of people in the D and D community to look up to. Um, obviously, people aren't without their flaws, but Gary Gygax, of course, being the the creator of D and D, great. And again, we'll mention them numerous times throughout here. Critical Role, Matt Mercer. If you are a aspiring DM, watch Matt Mercer, but listen, you're I've not never, you're not gonna be Matt Mercer. You know what? I really every now and again I'll find on D and D discussion because everyone will be like, Curse you, Matt Mercer, you ruined D and D and then of course I'll go down that rabbit hole and I'm like, Why am I doing this? But I Well, you know why people this. think that. Oh, yeah, and that's what I said, because Matt Mercer is such an amazing DM and storyteller, and he's, again, a gifted voice actor. Everybody tries to be like him, and 
they can't be well, and everybody expects and all players expect to have that and and what it, what did i say from the beginning i i aspire to be matt mercer i would love to be as good as he is but i told you guys from the beginning i am not matt mercer so do not expect that of me and unfortunately going to these cons that i've done and running games that's the first thing i say to everybody like listen the first thing I say is, who who watches Critical Role? People raise their hand. And I go, all right, I'm not Matt Mercer, so please don't expect Matt Mercer DMing. Same thing with Brendan Lee Mulligan. He's an amazing DM. And so, please, aspire to, aspire to be like them, but it's it's hard to be them because Matthew Mercer has one of the greatest creative minds in D&D. Brennan Lee Mulligan has five million fucking monologues in his head at all times. It is probably yeah. the greatest monologue writer I've ever seen. Uh, I, I He's better than Matt Mercer at monologues. I'll say that. But Matt, that actually... but Matt Mercer's better at world building. Oh, yeah. I was just watching... Um some 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 of it critical role last night and just the very yeah he's very gets he, you can tell he gets in the detail and i can't help but wonder it's like are you just making this up on the fly or did you actually take the time to write this he does both he does it like i do where I, I tell you guys all the time after a session what parts i made up like last session i made a lot of shit up as we went but oh, you got you guys you guys tend to like my my ad lib stuff more than my written stuff. Um, I love your I love it when you when you improv. So, but yeah, so that that is my advice. Um, can you share some of your favorite D and D campaigns or characters that you've experienced or created? And what makes them memorable for you? So I know you didn't really, aside from one thing, you didn't really create a campaign, but you've been involved in the campaign. So what campaign um, and characters have you experienced or created and what makes them memorable? Uh, Even NPCs. Elvis was always interesting when a character created. He's the one where so Belvis was a phenomenon in terms of stats, just the get go when Belvis was being created. Um so he was created under five E under D and D Beyond website, so I didn't quite I think I was still I think I was still just using um the D and D virtual dice. It was that that way in the beginning of it. I don't even think I had really gotten any decent dice sets. Um, at least not the ones I currently have. So I just kept rolling, and I got for everything. I got eighteen. All stats. So usually, anyone who's out there knows that you have to. You always use like, oh, I hope I get at least a few things that are decent. I actually had to stop and live stream it, and with you, Caleb, and be yep. like, I need you to watch this. 
because you're not going to believe me, and I don't want anyone to think that I was fudgy numbers or just straight up lying. And I, he, you saw like the last half, 18, 18, 18. I was like, I don't know how the hell that happened. So Belvis was interesting in the sense of like, oh, I got to make him a fighter. He's got to be a, he's got to be awesome, and he's gonna know he's awesome because you don't get these, uh, you don't get these good stats on rolls especially in a virtual setting where everything is just like billions and billions of lines of code and all that other stuff. Um, I kind of, I always was interested. I always thought er everything in our main campaign was great, but I also thought Scarlet Brigade, I really kind of, there were, there were episodes of that that I just wasn't able to attend for that. And I always kind of want to see if we, if we had had the time and or energy, if we had done like a concurrent campaign, yeah, or something like that. That would have been interesting because I would have had I would have had my my little bunny character, the Dean Winchester rat, rabbit version. That's, yeah, that's that was Jarden. Yeah. Um. So. Campaign one obviously is very special. Um, it's our it's our first campaign that we we did. Um, I personally think we, looking back at it, we really rushed through it. We pushed through levels really quickly. It kind of went all over the place, but we were all very new. Um, so. We actually, technically, we we still were supposed to be on our current campaign now. We were supposed to be on campaign one yeah. still. But we decided okay. to end it early and go into our, our Chronicles of the Damned. Um, but, yeah, we... It, so it'll always hold a special place because it's the first world I created and all of that. But... Campaign two. The the amount and I've I've told you guys maybe one one hundredth of the things I've created. I have delved so deep into this world and creating this world and I cannot wait for you guys to be into it. Um I think it's gonna be very special. This the world that I created I I plan on us being in it indefinitely <laughs> because it's so big. Um, you guys won't even leave the. You guys will be on a singular continent, and you probably will only go to maybe three regions within that continent out of thirty in the first campaign. So. Um, there, there's a lot to it. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, the other thing is, are there any particularly interesting or unexpected plot twists that have occurred in the D and D campaign? We stole a boat. Okay. So uh, every time I mention this, he gets that, he rubs his eyes. He's like, here, here's what was supposed time. to happen. Um, oh, I, I, I had. You never told me what was supposed to happen. I had this amazing story written out, this amazing arc 
And you guys were simply supposed to work on the boats, move some boxes to gain some money, gain some information, all of that. You were then supposed to leave and go to a different part of the city. You were going to be introduced to a new contact and things like that. But then you guys decided to steal an orb and steal a fucking boat. So I had to erase everything and yeah, restart. Cara, yeah, what? Car stole the orb. No, Car touched, touched the orb. Car touched the orb. Somebody discovered us because we all because we all were low level and we sucked at stealth. Yeah. And um, we just staged a. a well, I can't really say a mutiny because you're not part. Of, you weren't part of the fucking crew. Oh, yeah, so we did kind of... We were, like, day laborers. Yeah. We were day laborers, and we took over the ship. We had an angry gnome carpenter and everybody else. And, uh, yeah, we got a ship. It's awesome. Yeah, and then, and then I destroyed it. Caleb, Caleb... Yeah, and then Caleb made our lives the living hell after that day forward. Exactly. So, um, for me, I... So, my players know that I love twists. I love cliffhangers. I I am one of the masters of cliffhangers. Um, I I will purposely leave an episode on a cliffhanger, um, but there are going to be a lot of twists in campaign two, a lot, and they may they may be from arc one. Something that happened in Arc 1 may be seen in Arc 7, whatever. So it may be a long time from now where you guys go, oh shit, that's in my notes somewhere, I think I remember this. And it turns out to be something huge. So, um... Okay, Ben. Mm. Given our interests in Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Star Trek, etc., how have these fandoms influenced D&D and our business and things like that? Well, since I've discovered that almost all of those things you mentioned have their own role-playing things, I've been, on, I've been on a personal crusade to buy at least them all so that we can create our own mini-stuff or whatever based on them and just kind of do something concurrent with our main campaign because... Um, I like to, I like the idea of grabbing as many people because as, as some of you all may know, there are just a mountains and mountains of other tabletop RPGs that have nothing to do with D and D or, or Pathfinder or anything to anything like that. And I have, again, I, I look at them like, this is awesome. Why aren't we doing this? Yeah. We need to do this. And I had, and I had, and I, all I had to do was show Caleb and be like, look, we can do this. Like I, um, one of my favorites that I'm, I'm really hope I'm really eager to get into is, uh, it's a tabletop RPG called the hollow earth where it's like a pulpy in pulp adventures. That's, uh, where you go and explore the interior of the earth with dinosaurs and Atlantis and not, and you know, you fight Nazis and stuff like that. I mean, who, it's a rip-roaring adventure. Who doesn't want to do that? 
Um, and how about we mention our newest sponsor who sent us an amazing book? Oh, yeah. Why don't you, you tell them, Caleb? So, let me pull up their stuff really quick. Um, uh, hold on. Let me find it really quick. <sighs> yeah, I personally was... When he told me he got them, I, I'm not going to lie, everybody... I fangirled because I love these guys. This is something I've been interested in. Um, and I have uh, always wanted to, and I love this genre of, of role playing and I can't wait and I can't wait to get into it. All right. So our great friends at Monty Cook Games sent us the amazing book based off of a podcast called great Old Gods podcast. of Appalachia. Um, great podcast. If you've not listened to it, go listen to it. Um, being here in Kentucky, we are on right on the outer edge of the Appalachias. Um, and where this is technically runs in the central Appalachias, but it is an amazing podcast. I myself has have actually put my name in the pots to be on the show. Hopefully I get cast at some point to do that. Um, I've, uh, I have some audition stuff in with them. Um, cause they are all voice actors. Uh, but they sent us the role playing game. I cannot wait for, for us to play it. We just received it a few weeks ago. It is beautiful. It's amazing. Yes. Check them out. MontyCookGames.com You'll find Old Gods of Appalachia. Look at the artwork. It's amazing. Uh, you can see the That's artwork beautiful. right from their page. And if you like the Cthulhu-esque um, but bits of establishing some real history, real lore, um, because the Appalachians are full of haunted lore. Uh, you'll, you'll like old gods of Appalachia. So thank you, Monty cook games for that. Um, that's one of the other ones we're getting into. And then of course our friends at Medifius that we're going to be getting a few things from, um, that mm -hmm. I, I made friends with. They own fallout star Trek. They had Conan for a while. Um, so there, there's quite a bit that we're going to be throwing in, uh, and doing maybe some, uh, Patreon episodes for playing those games, things like that. Um, now as for specific elements from the franchises, uh, I have thrown some in just this past few episodes, I've thrown some stuff in uh from some of my favorite <laughs> we're we're doing a three episode horror series right now and let's see i i hit doctor who uh with the weeping angels i hit ghost ship um i hit uh what else um oh shining the shining i plus i have more coming so we we just we did a sci-fi episode that was based off of Mass Effect and things like that. So all of this stuff in some way or another does play into this. 
We're not obviously copying them directly, but there's hints to that because we like to showcase our fandoms. It's And we don't like to get sick. Exactly. So, let's see. Um, I think we already discussed this. So, how about we do this? Um, okay. Go ahead. Discuss. So, let's say well, we're talking all this, this nice stuff. We're talking all this great stuff. Um, now, for those of you who don't know, I'm actually older than Kayla. Much older. Um, fuck you. I'm 35 years old. I'm not old-ish. Um, so I actually, I have some met more, I, realistically, Caleb and I grew up watching the exact same things. There's just maybe a couple, there's just maybe a few years where I remember some stuff. Because I wasn't born yet. Didn't. <laughs> Why did I agree to this? <laughs> um, but, so there's a lot of uh, nostalgic TV and uh, franchise moments from some of our shared beloved shared um franchises that have out that have been out there and um so now i'll start with you caleb what what would be some of these what, what would be the ones that kind of have a lasting um impact on you in your life so i'm gonna kind of branch off from the main three, technically four, Star Wars, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, uh, Battlestar. Um, I'm going to actually reach out one of my favorite shows that I that I still watch to this day every once in a while growing up was Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as... And... Because... I'll. So one of my favorites growing up was Power Rangers SBD, which was, they were police officers. I come from a long line of police officers. um, And so that one, like, was really cool for me because it not only was it Power Rangers, but it was stuff that I could actually do and things like that. But the, what Power Rangers and stuff did for me is... It really showed that these normal, everyday people... um, Another, again, another one of my favorites is Dino Thunder. They were all high school students that stumbled upon dinosaur stuff and got their abilities that way. Um, Also, shout out to Tommy. Rest in peace. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But these were normal kids that... They had to, yes, they had these morphers that gave them abilities and special things, but they still had to figure out how to navigate everyday life, their normal life, with being a hero. Um, And we see that a lot in Marvel and all of that. I think nowadays Marvel and DC have gotten so glorified where they They're... they only show the heroic side they don't show the struggle like if you watch 
Now, like one of my one of my favorite shows that I've been watching is the new Superman and Lois, because it does show both sides. It shows the struggle of Clark Kent and Lois raising kids and things like that. That that's something that we've straight straight away from because everybody just wants the action. They want this. I deep down in my soul, I'm a storyteller. I I prefer TV shows to movies because a movie you've got an hour and a half to maybe two and a half hours to see the development of a character um, and then that character you're not going to see again for another three years till another movie comes out if it ever comes out where a TV show you watch it from the beginning you get connect, you find a char- character everybody has a character in every TV show that they've ever seen that they connect with and yeah. you grow with that character, whether you grow to love them, whether you grow to hate them, you grow with that character. And then, prime example, Supernatural. One of the greatest shows uh, ever written. I have watched Supernatural beginning to end 15 times. Um, I watched it every time a new season came out, from beginning to end. Um, I, however, I refuse to watch the season finale more than the one time I already did because it made me cry. But, um, but so watching supernatural so many times, like I can tell you every supernatural lore possible, but growing with Sam and Dean and seeing this character development. And then with that growing with Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles who play Sam and Dean, uh, growing with them and watching them grow as actors and things like that. Like that, that is really big for me. Um, and it's what I, sh- honestly, what I strive for in our campaigns and in our show is it like Ben, you, you have been, you started watching campaign two of critical role and the live action stuff. And you, I'm sure you're getting to the point where you're starting to pick your favorite character. I know you said you love Jester and you're, oh you're starting to pick your favorite characters and you're going to start growing with them and see all of that stuff. And that's what I want from our campaign. So I'm taking a lot of the stuff I learned as a child, watching these TV shows and placing it into this and writing something where you as you guys as players fall in love with the world, which will in turn make your characters fall in love with the world which will then make every viewer fall in love with your characters in the world. So. Yeah. yeah. It's, um... Oh, what's a what show? I love, I love Supernatural. I, uh... Show... I, I, I mean... I can't really think of any specific show that's really kind of, you know, done that exactly for me. Just, um... I, there's really so many that have just inspired me. Um, the Next Generation. What? Uh, Star Trek? You know you know which one, actually, if I, if I had to pick? Because I, I am a huge Trekkie. Caleb is not. I'm more of a Star Wars fan. Star Wars is... 
premiere to Star Trek. I I liked I liked them all. Um, I, I would say I always gravitated toward Deep Space Nine because unlike a lot of the other Trek shows, they were never afraid to just to get into the deep dark issues of that that you know of like humanity and everything like that they were actually the only star trek show that actually featured a war yeah and i still cannot just say everyone like that was the worst thing ever how could they show war in the future and it's like oh my god it's like did you all just believe if everybody would get along yeah um but i that's what i've always loved when i just trying to get into these really deeper topics of um of fandoms and and just it's storytelling i think that gets a much richer much better um, thing and i think that's helped us in the long run because you know it it's really easy for this to just like let's do combat, 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 yeah. combat, and everyone gets bored. Um, let's go here. So, good. I'll let you go ahead. Alright, so. Are there any upcoming projects or collabor collaborations related to D&D, the business, things like that? So, we have a lot of things in the works. We'll talk about some now. There's going to be some that we'll save and we'll do an official announcement for. But exciting stuff is I've talked about it before we are going to in the next month or so be kickstarting our our book um, it is Magi Mysterium Lore and Legacy um, it is our role system it includes brand new never before seen uh, races and classes I have created everything from scratch from the ground up we will have some stretch goals in there, including uh, more books, uh, like a monster manual and things like that. Um, I've been working on all of that kind of stuff. Um, we are working with a good friend of mine, Andrew, who is known as Arcane Therapy on social media. He is creating a brand new theme song for us for D&D. &D for campaign two he's writing that for scratch um and he's doing it out of the kindness of his heart so thank you andrew for that um, thank you, Andrew. and we i will say we can we can announce this um we have decided to it'll be coming out within the next few months at at the very latest by the beginning of the year um, we're hoping to have it out before Christmas time, but it is an amazing thing called Raven and Rifle Outfitters. Uh, we have taken our love for D&D &D and our love of being veterans and combined the two. 
and we are creating very unique clothing hats beanies hoodies all of that kind of stuff and it's basically what you see with those other veteran shirt companies that have the funny sayings and stuff like that but we're mashing it with D&D so that both sides can have something amazing to wear something both cool and funny um so we're super super excited to start with that um and then another thing that we have been working on is we're starting a gaming company. So we not only do we have our publishing company that is publishing the books for TTRPGs, uh, which is called Raven's Quill Press, but we have Ool's Fate Games, which will focus on dice and card games um, and board games. And we have been working on a dice game that I've had in the works for about a year and a half. And I have now gotten everybody addicted to, uh, called dual fates. And that one, you're going to be able to have custom dice and super simple, super easy to play. So we've got that coming out and we have a laundry list of things that we want to accomplish within the next year or so. Um, and things that we'll be announcing throughout as we, next year as we get to them. Yep, it's good. Ool's Games is going to be fun. These are games that have been played for, in some cases, these are also games that have been played for thousands of years. Well, hundreds, thousands of years. Some thousands. Um, um, and even some that are even fairly recent. Still old, but still fairly recent. And uh, sorry, I had to move my microphone there, folks. I hope you heard me. Um, most of these games are also the origin of some of the games that we play today. Yahtzee, um, chess, chess, Yahtzee, backgammon, yeah, Chinese um, checkers, yeah. Sorry, even the one game I showed Caleb yeah. is a pretty early vert, looks like a combination of uh, sorry and backgammon. So can't wait to make that one. Yeah, we've got a bunch that we're gonna make. Also, one last th- one last thing on this topic is Brokers Forge dice. We are doing our own dice, uh, custom made dice um, for D and D. Also for some of our games as well. But if you are a D and D player or somebody getting into D and D. We're going to be launching some custom dice. Uh, we will announce when all of that goes live as well. So we have a lot of things in the work, and I'm so happy. Oh, new content will be coming as well. Um, we are going, once Ben and Pam move here and move in and get settled, we decided that we are going to start releasing more content uh, in the fact of not just showing our show um but we're gonna do original creative content um one thing that we're working on is called the feast network which is our our play on the food network and 
cooking shows, but turning them fantasy. So we're going to be doing a lot of original content with that too. And in, in addition to uh, a few different things of content. So we're excited for that. Oh yeah. It's going to be fun. We're going to have lots of stuff and might see us a little bit more. Yeah. Now that we have, we have people on there. Um, yeah. Even the, even here in the Scarlet Tavern is going to be, uh, uh, probably trying to get to a lot more interesting topics. You may even, if we're able to arrange it, maybe even doing a um, uh, a ghost hunt or two. Because yeah. hey, guess what? There's a lot of spooky stuff here. Going to be d- down in Kentucky and south- southwestern Ohio, and uh, even in Appala- the Appalachian Mountains. Maybe uh, Ben and I will go camping in the Appalachians. Uh, I would love to do that. I don't think we're ever going to get my wife to go do no, that. we won't. But, but one of the other things I want to that we're going to start doing too is Pam will start coming on Scarlet Tavern every once in a while if it's a topic that interests her. But I I feel like we're going to do a little bit more of what we're doing now. Um, bring in some, I, I have plenty of people in D and D community that we can bring in an interview and things like that. So, um, and who knows, maybe we'll be able to bring in somebody big one day to, to talk about D and D with and things like that. So, um, yeah, so be on the lookout for all of that stuff. Um, let's see here. Sorry, folks. We're looking at our notes. We don't know how to read. Can no, someone I'm, I'm just I'm just looking for stuff that we haven't already covered. Oh, I can do this one. Did you see it highlighted? Oh yes, I see that. Go ahead. Well, um. What would you say to people who would like to incorporate um, their own homebrew elements into their game? Okay, so for those that don't know, homebrew is simply just creating your own version of stuff, not something that's already been created by somebody else. Um, As in, we create an entirely uh, a homebrew campaign. Everything was created from scratch, blah, 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 blah. Um, homebrew items can be tricky. Homebrew itself can be tricky because, especially when you get to where we're at, where we're putting on a show, you have to be careful that it does not copy anything that's already out there because there are certain companies that are very sue heavy. So we try not to copyright them. Um, the the certain company that has a mouse as its dictator, um, but and unfortunately they own a lot of stuff, um, so it's my f- I love to homebrew. Homebrew's amazing because. There are such amazing things that you can create. Um, I 
I have figured out homebrew stuff just from walking around during the day. I'll walk through the mall or something like that, and something I'll look at something, and it'll inspire me. I'll see a uh, t-shirt that has wings on it, and I think, oh, that would be cool. Let's create a t-shirt that has wings printed on it that you do such and such an action and the wings actually peel off of the shirt and turn into real wings and gives you flight and stuff like that. So I just made that up off the top of my head, but um, (laughs) I'm going to have to write that one down. Um, But use everyday stuff for inspiration. There's, there's a lot out there that can be done. Um, There, there is an amazing website called drive through RPG. Um, and then that they have some homebrew stuff in there as well as dungeon masters guide. It's DM guide. You can go there. It's a website for, to upload your own homebrews or get homebrews from other people. Um, for the most part, DMs allow other people to use homebrews as long as you give them credit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just a simple fact of what what is one thing you want to create that's really cool or really funny. Like I created a sword that had the uh, the hilt of it was a duck bill. And gave, gave it to Ben, and we called it Quackicus. And Quackicus also had a thing where it it was a it was sentient and had a temperament. So Ben had a roll on a table uh, every time he drew the sword, and depending on what he rolled, depended on Quackicus's temperament. He was angry, happy, sad, whatever. Um, and yeah, so something like that where it's funny. You can create homebrew potions that give one of your players an extra arm, make them regurgitate a gelatinous cube, um, and or you can create something that's absolutely needed in your campaign. Let's say you don't have a healer in your campaign, but you and your players keep going down. Well, create a homebrew amulet that. Uh, allows a player to heal uh, when needed um, or keeps them from dying uh, one time per long rest or something like that. So there's a lot out there. Just be creative with it. I mean, it's your creation. People are going to love it or hate it, but if they hate it, move on, make the next thing. Um, but get in, get information from your players Find out from them what they would like to see. That's what I do it all the time. Like, hey, what would you guys like to see? Or did you like this? Did you hate this? Blah, blah, blah. Quackicus, of course, was a hit. Everybody loved him. Um, and so things like that, they they are memorable and will stick around for a while. I If you hadn't made... Uh, I won't spoil it for anybody who wants to go review our campaign. Our campaign, if you had made the BBEG not so goddamn impossible to kill, I swear to God, I was going to sacrifice Belvis and have him go out with Quackicus killing the BBEG. 
Yeah. That's what I was going to do. I could have just imagined the epicness of Ethan because, folks, uh, Quackagus is probably the only one, one, if not the only one where Ethan, I mean, where Caleb didn't voice that yeah. particular character. That was our I can't other do the Donald member. voice. Yeah, our friend Ethan, he can do Donald Duck really well. Uh, not only make the sound go well, he can actually speak in Donald Duck-ish. Or Donald Duckies or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I can just imagine him epically going up to defeat Quack, defeat the BBEG. Um, um, and just going, <laughs> or I can't see, I can't do Donald Duck. Yeah, I, I can't do Donald Duck. Um, yeah, I don't see it then. It's the phantom stuff. Do 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 do. Give uh, us a so moment. I'll, I'll, okay, I, I, I'll I'll just ask it. So, uh, we were talking earlier about all this coll the collaborative. Um, well, that's why because I don't have a I don't have access to the minutes. I can just look at it. Oh, oh well. Thank you. I I love <laughs> the trust you've given me. <laughs> um. What, what of all of our things, these things that have inspired you and I to be creative and do everything, um, of all these great shows and all the fandoms that are in there, um, what has, um, that one what has is one of the memory, the best memories you have of these, some of, of the, of your favorite fandoms? Stuff that, oh, of the fandoms. Yeah. Um... I mean, so there there's some cool things that have happened within the Star Wars world. Um, obviously, we're getting amazing Star Wars shows. Uh, for the most part, yeah. For the, for the most part. Um, uh, we have not watched Ahsoka yet. That's coming soon, but... No spoilers. Um, but Mandalorian, great show. Boba Fett, yes. garbage. Um Missed opportunity. Yes, so it, missed it was Mandalorian Part Two, but yeah, um, one of the things that I liked was so a lot of people hate on it. I loved it. I was I loved Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I loved him. He was the comedic relief. And why did he, you hate my Star Wars character? We've heard Wars D and D because it's you. Um, for those that don't understand i made a i made a i made a gungan jedi yeah but so but of course he got a lot of hate uh the the actor that played him got a lot of hate however um and his hate got so bad that he almost killed himself Ugh. um he actually shared a picture with where he was sitting on a balcony with his son and said this is this is the place where I was about to jump um and end my life because of all of the hate mail that he got because of Jar Jar Binks but the man got redemption he was the savior of Grogu in the Mandalorian um, we see him again in that, and he gets a he gets a redemption arc, um, and 
I I think that was it was amazing for Dave Filoni to do. I think it was brilliant casting to allow him to come back to do that. Um, I one of the cool things is just we're seeing new new stuff like if you've ever if you if you're a fan of star wars and you know the history you know the lore you've read the books whatever we're starting to see a lot of that come to life uh they just announced that they got greenlit to do a clone wars live action representation where it's not going to be the entirety of the clone wars but it's going to be what we miss from the cartoon um, but it's actually Hayden Christensen and the girl that plays young Ahsoka. So we're going to actually get to see them, um, in Ahsoka, obviously, again, I haven't seen it, but we get Sabine in there We're we're getting to see all of these things come to life. And it's amazing that we would not have that without Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni yeah, is, yeah. he is a I, true I, Star Wars fan Yeah, and it shows Let's um, not talk about she who shall not be named. No, um, she, be, she's she Voldemort. May, she may appear. You know, she she's oh. she's the Voldemort of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned the actor who played Jar Jar Binks, and you you mentioned, and I've seen this before. You said about oh he got the redemption and everything, and I, I this is just my same thing with Hayden look. too. And this is and this also goes goes into. This. And this is just my personal thing, and I'm not calling you out or anybody else who uses this term, because I know where it's coming from. To me, there shouldn't be a redemption arc. To me, I don't think they did anything. Redemption means they did something wrong. To me, that's how I look I look at the root, at the root of, of redemption. Like, you did something wrong or something bad and everything. Yes, was Jar Jar Binks not the most popular character? No, we... we no, he wasn't. When he first came out, everyone thought he was annoying and just not funny. I mean, yes, there were plenty of people who thought he was funny, and I and I'm fine. I didn't. I personally didn't really care one way or the other about Jar Jar Binks, and and no, and people didn't like Hayden Christensen's depiction of of Darth Vader. Or and again, Anakin. that's people. Or Anakin. Um, until now. But, until now, now, but the thing is, though, because I think a lot of it is because we've had a chance to grow think up, on, grow <laughs> up, and and think about it. It's like, wow, we were really shit to these people yeah. for no and, reason. So, and to, but again, to me, it's like, well, okay, I get the whole, oh, they got the redemption arc. What did they do wrong? They just they did their they played it to the best of the abilities. And and let's face it, actors can only act as well as their characters written. Yeah. Um So to me. If Jar Jar Binks is supposed to be this obnoxious, goofy comic relief character, and the actor who played him did that, that he did his job. Well, it's that, not his, you know. I think we get the same thing. Like, people hate on uh, Force Unleashed, all of that. Which, yeah. they weren't the greatest movies. However, no. it's not the actor's faults. The no. actors worked with the scripts they were given. I think that Daisy Ridley, she's an amazing actress. I yeah. think that she did Ray the best she could, but unfortunately those movies were literally being written as they were being filmed. Yeah, and also 
Ray was supposed to be a plug, a, a stand-in for she who shall not be named, and how she saw herself, and yeah. people didn't like that. So it's like, well, that says more about you than anything. I mean, literally, again, the the only thing that saved those movies was Mark Hamill being in them. Yeah, pretty and, much, and and um, uh, uh, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, rest absolutely. in peace. Yes, rest in peace. But so that's what that's just my personal thing I felt about that. It's like, why are we calling this a redemption arc? They didn't do anything wrong. But you know what, though, when we brought them back, they gave a they they realized, hey, let's do this. Is my chance to stand away, stand apart from the role that people didn't like. So this is my chance to stand out, and they nailed it. And it's the, the same act- thing, like, Ewan McGregor getting his chance to play... Now, he did amazing the first time, but oh, getting yeah. getting to play Obi-Wan again for Obi-Wan, which I really hope they decide to do another limited run of it, um, because Obi-Wan was great. Uh, Ewan McGregor, one of my favorite actors of all time, getting to getting to see him and Hayden again with each other... And especially now that. that we're adults and we, we understand like back then we didn't get, uh, like, Oh, this is the script that they got. It was, Oh, this is absolute garbage. We hate this now that, especially when we're like you and I, we're now in this world of creating and making content and doing all of that where we, you see the other side of things. Yeah, I mean, um, it is, and it's, and you understand the struggles of it as well, yeah. and um, that's that's guy. I I sympathized with the the writer strike, and I was like, yeah, I can see why they're they they they're demanding their residual for residual pay and everything. They they deserve they deserve what they what they deserve it. Um, but I can't wait. I my for me my favorite moment um in all these fandoms I think that had um I would say now you're going to you're going to I it might surprise you but I would say like a moment in a fandom that stands out for me and in turn you'll also appreciate it cuz it's a great twist so um for anybody out there if you if this is going to be some spoilers, but the show has been out for literally almost 15 plus years. So at this point, I, I, I don't Screw feel you. guilt. Yeah. Um, so in the new, the new version of Battlestar Galactica, have you seen, have you ever, you've never seen that, right? The new version? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you remember when they go, they, they first arrived to earth? Yeah. First, like the first earth. Yeah. And it's this beautiful moment. They've had all these trials and tribulations. You know, they everything is like everybody is just all the past BS that's gone on in that show and all the effed up stuff. And it's just this great. We found Earth. It really was real. Yay! And it's a beautiful thing. This great, beautiful, epic music is playing. I'm telling you, like I, I choked up. I was like, oh my god, this is so beautiful. And then they like, oh, take us in, and they're like, and they, you see the blue planet, and it's just like, 
where it's so beautiful and then you see the 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 shot comes of you know the landing shuttles going to earth and then you're like where are they where are they going where are they going to earth and then you realize hey wait a minute where's the moon and then it pans out to them in like this dreary landscape and you hear the 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 telltale sign of a Geiger counter and yep. it's showing and it's going there and and it's just this bombed out yeah it's a bombed out ruin and um Rosalind Carter she's like Earth and you find and I was like huh? what <laughs> happened and then you find out oh yeah the thirteen tribe killed each other in nukes it's like oh my god and of course I I actually just recently saw it. Again, rewatched the episode, and I saw. I was thinking, Caleb wrote that episode. He had to have. <laughs> I, that was something he would I, have done. Listen, I would not be. I, I would be making some good money if I wrote that. That because, like you again, you just see it's like this is so beautiful. Death and misery. I'm that like, that's totally wow. like if so if I if I were to put that into a D and D episode. I would literally have you guys land onto Earth. You guys would be like, oh my god, this is amazing. This is beautiful. Alright, that's where we're going to end tonight. And you guys would be all so happy. And then I would come in the next session and shatter your hopes and dreams. Yeah. In this case, your, the cliffhanger was our dreams are shattered. Good night, everybody! Yeah, pretty much. It's like, thanks. I, uh, um, there, there's just, so I don't, and I don't just do the cliffhangers for you guys. I do it for the viewers as well. And there's some strategy into the cliffhangers. Of course, if I leave something, if I've drawn you in so much during this episode where you're following along, you're watching it, you're so intrigued. And then I drop you. And leave you wondering what's coming next. Well, guess what? You're going to tune into the next episode. So that's why every episode ends with a cliffhanger. It's not. It's not just for you guys. I mean, it, from a business standpoint, it's getting people to come view the next episode, at least oh, for yeah. a little bit, because they want to see what happens next. So, and in yeah. this in this case, uh, spoiler alert: I literally had a cliffhanger. I yeah. literally dropped you off a cliff. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Um, so, now... What, what would you say with all this and debates of creativity and everything? What, what, okay, what kind of... What kind of... With everybody... That's this is you and me, but everybody. What would you say all of what kind of can you think of any like debates that have really stuck out that we really got into talking and discussing about? Not really. I mean, uh, not really nerdy debates. I mean, you and I have religious debates all the time, which we obviously mm. won't get into on a podcast, but um but really we we don't have any because most of us are within the same fandoms and have the same views of the fandoms and things like that so we really haven't had anything like that um that i can think of no 
other than the the quintessential one that I'm sure any Star Wars fan, especially Force user fans of the of Star Wars, will be like, "Oh, what constitutes a great Jedi?" Yeah. Other than that, and are they and the deviant of that? Are they canon or not? But I, I'm God. We could have a whole podcast episode on that topic alone. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean with so this this episode was kind of a open discussion D D fandoms things like that um now this obviously goes to spotify um this will also be an apple podcast it also goes to our youtube now so for anybody listening um if you guys like this kind of episode and want us to do this every once in a while, bring other guests in to talk about stuff like this, or you have specific questions for us and things like that, leave us a comment on the YouTube video, or you can send us an email, www, or sorry, you can send us an email at Dungeons and Magi, D-U-N-G-E-O-N-S-A-N-D-M-I-G-I. Um, Dungeons and Magi at gmail.com or go to our website dammediallc.com do the contact info send tell us your thoughts about this this forum if you think we should do this separately into some kind of extra episode that isn't Scarlet Tavern but we still do a talk show then that's great. I would love to, we would love to hear your feedback um, on this, whether if people like this format, because of course I would love to have bring guests on, uh, not just from our group, but um, from other D and D creators and not just D and D we could, uh, hopefully one day we can get, we can, we can get, people from all walks of life to come in and we can talk to them and things like that. I, I, I was watching interviews of some of my favorite YouTubers today and that's kind of what sparked me wanting to do this. Um, but, and if you want us to talk about other stuff, I, I know tonight uh, we're we didn't want to get too personal with our stuff. We have not that we have an issue with it. We're, we're happy to talk about ourselves. If you guys want to just tonight is the night of this recording. Um, we were just exhausted and, uh, we're mentally tired. Um, a lot we've got a lot going on with the businesses and personal stuff. So, uh, we didn't really want to get into the, personal side of everything but that's something you guys want to hear um where we talk about uh our various religious beliefs we talk about our upbringings we talk about this and that um and bring other people on to do that as well we will so um yeah i believe that is it that's all the time we have for tonight so with that being said, um,
We would like to thank you for visiting the Scarlet Tavern. Please remember to turn in your glasses, push in your seats, and as always, tip the bard. Good night, everybody. Good night.